This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. There is no Thanksgiving hangover for the Scoop Podcast. Here we are, episode 111, coming to you the day after Thanksgiving. It is Friday afternoon. My schedule allowed me to hop in front of a microphone, a different microphone, so we won't have those fancy swooshes in between all the sports. But I do have enough notes to fill up a notes-only podcast. So we'll go like 15, 20 minutes here, maybe even shorter, on episode 111 being recorded heading into the weekend, the day after Thanksgiving. We'll get to gophers, twins, wolves, and much more. But let's start with some love for one of the sponsors of the Scoop Podcast. It is Running Tap, running-tap.com online. It is Twin Cities Tap Room Delivery. If you like Fair State, we've talked about Fair State before. They are good people. Whether it's Tin Whiskers, The Free House, Great Waters, Town Hall, any number of local breweries, local tap rooms, Running Tap will deliver that great beer right to you. They deliver fast, too. Oftentimes, within an hour, it will be cold. They deliver it to you. With a cooler-lined bag, I'm telling you, within sometimes 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Check them out online. Again, the website, running-tap.com. Use the promo code THESCOOP002, THESCOOP002, for $20 off your order of $30 or more. That is one heck of a deal. I've gotten good feedback on Twitter at KSTP about some people who have used Running Tap they love it. Running-tap.com. They deliver on Sundays, same price as Saturdays. There's no upcharge for delivering on Sundays. They deliver. Running Tap does all this great beer right to your doorstep. Check them out. I hope everyone listening had a fantastic Thanksgiving. I can't tell you enough how thankful I am for each and every one of you who takes the time to listen to this podcast. I realize there are so many podcast options. Hopefully I've carved out some sort of niche that you know, you have an interest in. So I am very, very grateful, very, very thankful for you taking the time to find this podcast, whether it's on the 1500 website, iTunes, any number of places. It's also on the Channel 5 website as well, kstp.com. All right, let's start with Gophers football. Quinn Carroll, Edina offensive lineman, junior at Edina offensive lineman. He has offers from Alabama, Florida State, Georgia, Notre Dame, Clemson, every big school in the country wants Quinn Carroll. He will be a guest yet again of the Gophers for tomorrow's game against Wisconsin. So to me, this is now my opinion. You know, the fact is Carroll will be there. My opinion, anytime you have him on campus, it is a good thing. Regardless of what the final score might be, regardless of how much better Wisconsin is than the Gophers, anytime you can have Quinn Carroll in that Gophers culture up close and personal, that is a good thing. A reminder, Quinn's dad, Jay, used to play for the Gophers. Also had a cup of coffee in the NFL with the Vikings and Buccaneers. Remember the name. He is one of the best recruits this state has produced in the last 10-plus years. Offensive lineman Quinn Carroll of Edina, class of 2019. I'll keep going with the Gophers in no particular order. Vic Viramontes, a quarterback from a junior college out west, arrives on Sunday. So he will take a visit to the Gophers. This weekend, he's a junior college kid who has three years left. The Gophers will put the hardcore press on him this weekend. He also got a recent Ole Miss offer. Kansas has been on him for a while. 
although we have to wonder if Kansas might blow up its coaching staff. If they do, presumably Kansas would not have interest. So I do know the Gophers will put the hardcore press on him this weekend, beginning on Sunday. He has a game this weekend, so he can't come in for the Gophers-Wisconsin game. But he arrives on Sunday, Vic Viramontes. And again, wherever he goes, he'll have three years left of eligibility. Heck, if he comes to the Gophers, you can guarantee he will absolutely be in the mix to be their starting quarterback next year. Gophers coach P.J. Fleck was in North Carolina on Monday seeing Holton Ehlers, an East Carolina commit, the best quarterback in the state of North Carolina, also had a North Carolina State offer. He's a lefty. We'll see if the Gophers can flip him with that first signing day coming up in late December. By the way, Tony Peterson is the East Carolina offensive coordinator, former Gophers offensive coordinator under Glenn Mason. He had a big hand in Ehlers committing to East Carolina a bit back. But, hey, it's that time of the year. You're trying to get kids to flip. Recruiting is a dirty, dirty game. So the Gophers, like every other program, heck, the Gophers have players that other schools are trying to flip. It's just the way it goes. So the Gophers are trying to flip this quarterback in East Carolina commit. Rashad still was not at practice all week, I'm told. He had to serve a suspension earlier this year for violating team rules. I'm told something else came up. He's a junior, but you have to wonder if he won't be back next year. There will be some turnover with the current roster. I know the wide receiver Holland is moving on. There are other guys who will move on at this point with Rashad Still. I mean, how many chances do you get? But bottom line, when it comes to tomorrow's game, Gophers-Badgers, don't look for Rashad Still to play. That's unfortunate. Entering this year, he was the Gophers' leading returning receiver. He has been a non-factor this year. So much God-given talent, so much physical ability, but you have to get the other parts of the game. And right now, Rashad Still just doesn't get it. Eric Carter has been wearing a cast on his wrist since the Michigan game, so he's pretty much just been a special teams guy. So the Gophers are playing all these backup wide receivers. You think about Demetrius Douglas out for the year, hurt early in the year. Tyler Johnson, we talked about him. You know, he's out for the Wisconsin game. Rashad Still, Eric Carter. It's guys that we just don't know a whole lot about. I mean, Williams some, Philip Howard some, Himaleski some, but no doubt the wide receiver core is depleted heading into this Wisconsin game. Also on the Gophers, starting offensive lineman, he's been playing center. The kid from Monticello, Connor Olson, was able to do some stuff, at least some stuff, in practice this week. I'm told it's an ankle injury. I would say he's like questionable to probable to play against Wisconsin. Maybe like 65% chance he plays Connor Olson, Shannon Brooks, running back. It's been a tough year for him. He had a neck injury, concussion issues. It doesn't look like he will play against Wisconsin. P.J. Fleck will pound the pavement after Sunday's banquet. So the Gophers play against Wisconsin Saturday afternoon. They have their end-of-the-year banquet on Sunday. Then P.J. Fleck will recruit, 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 leading up to that December 20th first signing day. Viramontes here, so Fleck will spend time with Viramontes then presumably he will hit the road very, very fast. Also on the recruiting front, I'm told Fleck reached out to Antonio Montero of Eden Prairie earlier this week, offered him a preferred walk-on spot, invited him to the Gophers-Wisconsin game. As of now, Montero is declining the invitation to the game. He's good enough to get an outright offer from Air Force. Looks like he'll get an offer from Illinois. Iowa and Iowa State are showing interest in him. He looks at it as, hey, I'm good enough to get an offer. You know what? Can't argue. You look at his production as a linebacker, as a running back, punter, kicker. He's been Mr. Do-Everything for Eden Prairie. Antonio Montero, the Star Tribune, 
Metro Player of the Year. Not a household name, but he is one heck of a player. There's no way Eden Prairie has the year it does without Antonio Montero. A bit undersized, but he is a playmaker. Wherever he goes in college, it's more likely he goes the linebacker route, not the running back route. But right now, I don't like the Gophers' chances of landing him as a preferred walk-on. The Vikings will be the one NFL team at the Gophers-Badgers game. They are the one NFL team credentialed for that game. Flex extension does have Tennessee fingerprints on it. Flex agent Brian Harlan, you know, heck, he works the game like everybody else. Heck, he's going to answer the phone when these ADs reach out or these search firms reach out. Just know, I don't know if Tennessee would have ultimately made Fleck an offer, but do know that P.J. Fleck was on Tennessee's radar. So I can promise you that had something to do with the P.J. Fleck extension. By the way, Brian Harlan, Flex agent, and the U going back to January, did talk at one point about a six-year deal, ultimately settled on a five-year deal. So really, now he's got the six-year deal. It's not any additional money. He's got escalators in his contract, so the deal goes up on a year-to-year basis by fifty grand. So he's got that in for the additional year. But there is no new money with the one-year contract extension P.J. Fleck now signed through the 2022 season. It was unfortunate that Mark Coyle didn't talk earlier this week when the Fleck extension came out. That was on Wednesday. Coyle was actually in a position to address a handful of us in the Gophers team meeting room, but defensive coordinator Rob Smith was at the podium. Coyle had to bail, had to get to a lunch, and just unfortunate that Many of us could not talk to the Gophers athletic director the day he gave his head football coach the program on campus, although men's basketball, the way they're rolling, they're right up there. But the program on campus, he gives his head coach an extension, which I'm fine with, by the way, but it's just unfortunate that we could not talk to the man who gave him that extension. I just wish some over there would understand that the athletic director has to be more front and center. I know behind the scenes there are those who believe that, It's ultimately on Mark Coyle to be front and center. He's the one that can put his foot down and say, hey, I should go in there. I should talk to the media. I just gave my head football coach a one-year extension. Hey, Rob Smith, give me a minute. I have to get to a luncheon. Let me come in. Let me talk for three or four minutes. It would have been nice to have Mark Coyle's opinion, his thoughts on Wednesday on the Fleck extension. But, hey, we didn't get it. Maybe one day. And I've tried. I haven't tried recently. I've tried. Jake Ricker's my guy. He's a great guy. Works in the information department, sports information department for the University of Minnesota. Jake is fantastic. Jake works hand-in-hand with Mark Coyle. Maybe one day soon I can talk to Mark Coyle. It's been a while. I like him. I know those who know him really well. I always hear positive things. I hear all these great things. I've yet to hear really anything negative. I mean, I hear he's a good leader. He's a good father. You know, that they have the right ED in place. I just wish he was more omnipresent when it comes to doing interviews. I don't think many fans even know anything about Mark Coyle. Heck, just tell us about yourself. Let's learn about you. You've been here now, what, 18 months. Let's learn about Mark Coyle. So just unfortunate that we rarely, if ever, get FaceTime with the Gophers Athletic Director. And I'll admit, spoiled. Joel Maturi, I used to do a Gophers radio show for 1500 ESPN. Joel joined me on a weekly basis. Norwood Teague joined me on a weekly basis with some stuff I did. Mike Ellis, second in command, used to join me anytime I needed him. David Benedict, who's now the AD at Connecticut, he was here. 
He used to join me all the time. These guys were always available. John Cunningham, Mark Coyle. I know they do good work. I just wish they were more available. By the way, after that rant, I forgot to mention, I'll mention now, that I do know one Board of Regents member not happy with the Fleck extension. This individual told me this individual will vote no. Now, this individual said, hey, I'm positive there's enough votes within that room for the contract extension to pass. It has to pass at a Board of Regents meeting in December. But this individual told me, hey, PJ hasn't done enough in you know my mind for him to merit an extension. So this individual said, hey, I will vote no. But again, I am positive it'll pass within the Board of Regents. We'll get to the Wolves, Twins, Gophers, Hoops, and so on in just a second. But first, some love for one of the sponsors of the Scoop Podcast, Morty, M-O-R-T-Y, the newest and smartest way to get a home mortgage. TryMorty.com is the website. TryMorty, M-O-R-T-Y, TryMorty.com. Actually do this. Go to TryMorty.com backslash Scoop to get started today. Morty makes it fast and easy. Morty not only simplifies the mortgage process, but they help you find the smartest mortgage that's right for you. You just input your information into Morty's secure website, and in less time than it takes to hear this ad, you can shop qualified rates from different lenders. I promise you, as somebody who's looking to get out of the current house that we're in, Mrs. Wolfson and me have been pre-approved for a mortgage that's not contingent upon us selling our current house. We're looking to just get some bigger space. We like our house right now. We like our location in the West Metro. We love the school district we're in, you know, but we're looking for just a little bit different layout. So we're interested. We're not on the cusp of moving. We haven't put our house on the market, but I can just tell you the wife did all the legwork. I can promise you that. I didn't have anything to do with it, but I know it is a pain in the you-know-what to get pre-approved for anything when it comes to buying a house. TryMorty.com is the place to go to make it easy on you. Morty, M-O-R-T-Y, the newest and smartest way to get a home mortgage. Again, go to TryMorty.com backslash Scoop. So whether you're a first-time home buyer, you're looking to refinance, you're buying an investment property, head on over to TryMorty.com backslash scoop to get started today. Morty Inc. is a licensed mortgage broker, equal housing lender, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 142-9243. Here's what you may have missed on a recent Purple Podcast. Thielen's ability to get open just amazes me. And if you, you come to a game here live and watch it, just watch him. It's almost like he is is playing schoolyard football. He just continues to move and move and move. And the great thing is, for the most part, if the pass is thrown in his vicinity, he's going to catch it. His unwillingness to give up on a route or give up on a play and continually go where he needs to go to be an option is really fun to watch. And it seems like, oh, yeah, duh, he gets paid lots of cash to, to do that. That should be simple. You see a lot of lot of guys who, when the play starts to go south, are like, well, I was open and now I'm not. Adam Thielen's willingness to make himself a target consistently is a huge, huge thing. You can find the Purple Podcast on iTunes, Podcast One, or 1500ESPN.com's podcast page. All right, no fancy swoosh since I'm in a different production room recording episode 111 here. 
But we'll get to Gophers men's basketball right now. I was texting with an NBA scout friend who recently has seen Alabama point guard Colin Sexton. He told me absolutely a lottery pick. Loves his motor, loves his potential. The Gophers will see Sexton and Alabama Saturday afternoon, 4 o'clock, Facebook only. Go to the Gophers men's basketball Twitter page at GopherMBB. They will tweet out a link, but it's only on Facebook. Now with the smart TVs and everything, you can set it up on your on your TV if you have one of those fancy TVs, or you just watch it on your phone. But there is no actual TV broadcast. It's not an FS1 or Big Ten Network or ESPN or ESPN2. Two top 25 teams. The Gophers ranked top 15, Alabama number 25. It's hard to believe, but it's only Facebook. But there is an actual telecast or a webcast, however you want to classify it, with actual announcers, a sideline announcer, multiple cameras. It was great. I watched a good portion of Gophers UMass on Friday morning. The production value is there, but you have to find it. It takes an effort to find it. But if you want to watch Gophers Alabama on Saturday afternoon, it is available. But again, only on Facebook. Rick Pitino and family are in Brooklyn this weekend rooting on Richard Patino. For more on Richard and Rick, my colleague Joe Schmidt sat down with Richard Patino a few days ago. He will have that report on Sunday night, Channel 5, 1040. So with the Vikings not playing this weekend, no roundtable with Schmidt Long and me. So Joe sat down with Richard Patino the other day right before they left for Brooklyn. He got some good stuff from Richard on some of the NBA guys on their team, if they have NBA guys. And how he views his dad, Rick Patino, being around the program pretty regularly, or at least fairly regularly, this year. Miami is here on Wednesday, so it's the Gophers against Miami. The Big Ten ACC Challenge, 8-15 start. That game is on national television. ESPN2, Miami plays North Florida this weekend. If the Gophers get by Alabama, there's a good chance. Gophers-Miami will be two of the top 12 or 13 teams in the country. Looks like Miami could jump up as high as 7, 8, 9. The Gophers should be like 11, 12, 13. So two top 15 teams in the country at Williams Arena on Wednesday night. A number of NBA scouts will be there. Miami has two first-round picks, Lonnie Walker and Bruce Brown. Lonnie Walker actually comes off the bench. He's been struggling early this year. Both guys are like 6'4", 6'5", wings. And those NBA scouts are keeping an eye on Amir Coffey, Reggie Lynch, maybe even Nate Mason. If Nate Mason wants to play in the G League, he can probably do that. Isaiah Washington. So NBA scouts will be plentiful at Williams Arena on Wednesday. Plus, a number of local recruits will be at that game. That is a big recruiting night for the Gophers men's basketball team. Let's move on to the Twins. A couple episodes ago, I said, hey, they have reached out on every really good reliever except for one. I said the name Steve Ciszek. Well, it turns out... Since recording that note on episode, I don't know if it was 107, 108, 109, anyway, since recording that note, the Twins actually have touched base on Steve Ciszek. So you name all the top free agent relievers, Wade Davis, you've got Greg Holland, Steve Ciszek, Brian Shaw, Brandon Kinsler, Pat Neshek, go up and down the list. Brandon Morrow, you've got so many good relievers. There are many I'm telling you, I see the Twins landing one of these guys, Anthony Swarzak. They've reached out on all these guys, although here's one. I'll give you a new one. Here's one they actually haven't reached out on who I think is pretty good, Matt Albers. Now, he was a minor league contract guy this past year for Washington, but he had a good year, a really good year for the Nationals, Matt Albers. That is one guy the Twins actually have not 
reached out on. But whether it's Addison Reed, Jake McGee, I'm leaving off some names. The Twins have touched base with the agents for all those guys. I can see the Twins signing one of those relievers. Maybe not Wade Davis or Greg Holland, but one of that next tier of guys. Although on Brian Shaw, I'm told other teams are showing stronger interest in the Indians' free agent than the Twins. If I had to bet right now, it's not Brian Shaw, but it can change with one phone call. But right now, other teams showing more interest in Brian Shaw than the Twins. Here's another new Twins note. The Twins have reached out on free agent Mike Napoli. Now, pitching is the top priority. Starting, then the bullpen. Adding a bat right now is not near the top of the priority list. Now, the Twins did make Mike Napoli an offer last year. He said no. Went to Texas instead. It's just one of those initial conversations. Hey, there's some interest. Hey, call us back if anything goes anywhere. You know, this is the Twins talking to Napoli's agent. But at this point, the Twins are not showing strong interest in Mike Napoli. But I can tell you there has been at least one conversation. And what I can confirm is it's very possible that the conversation was initiated by the Napoli camp where Napoli's agent is trying to be proactive, and he knows the Twins made the offer last year. So it's very possible it was actually Napoli's agent who reached out to the Twins, not the Twins reaching out to Napoli. But I can tell you there has been a conversation. The Twins did not say no. They didn't hang up the phone. So put him down on the list of priorities, but just a name to watch here in the next month or so. The Twins did not try to retain minor league outfielder J.B. Shuck played at AAA Rochester last year. He signed a minor league deal with the Marlins on Friday. But again, the Twins did not try to re-sign him. Paul Molitor got a five-figure bonus for winning American League Manager of the Year. I have all sorts of other Twins notes on episode 110 recorded earlier this week, a note about the international free agent the Twins have their eyes on, that the Braves lost out on, and other notes, plus Mike Radcliffe, Twins VP, was on episode 110. So if you need even more on the Twins, listen to episode 110. 10. I can't recall if I mentioned this in episode 110 or not, so I'll get this out of the way. If it's a repeat, I apologize. But Ryan O'Rourke, former Twins lefty reliever, signed a minor league deal with the Orioles. The Yankees also made O'Rourke an offer. The Twins had interest in retaining him, but it never got to the point of the Twins formally making an offer. By the way, O'Rourke had no interest in returning to the Twins for whatever that's worth. He was looking to go elsewhere, and he found a new home with the Orioles. Quick transition to the Wild. Yes, it's true. They do have interest in Nate Prosser, bringing Nate Prosser home. That's if the Blues put him on waivers. I guess no guarantee St. Louis puts him on waivers as of the taping of this podcast Friday late afternoon. Nothing on that front. But if he does get placed on waivers, the Wild have all sorts of interest in Nate Prosser. On the Wolves, the Perry Jones signing for the Iowa Wolves, their G League team, was mostly about filling the roster with Elijah Millsap and Emil Jefferson playing for Team USA in the FIBA qualifier, their first game today, Friday, playing under Jeff Van Gundy. It's a different schedule for qualifying for FIBA. So anyway, the U.S. has assembled a team of G League All-Stars, so the Iowa Wolves down two players, thus the signing of Perry Jones like seven to ten days ago. By the way, you know, you've got Anthony Brown, who's rotated back and forth. There's actually a little bit of a break in the schedule now. So Brown up with the Wolves. The Wolves are the only NBA team to not have two players sign two-way contracts. Anthony Brown on a two-way contract for the Wolves, but they have an opening. They're the only NBA team that has not signed two players to two-way contracts. I did mention last 
podcast, but I'll mention it again. The Wolves did make a phone call on Miss Daugus Kuzminskis, the former New York Knicks 6869 sharpshooter from Lithuania. He won't be signing with the Wolves. He's looking to go elsewhere. Just doesn't think he'll get the playing time here. Tibbs just doesn't use his bench enough. But I did hear the Wolves did reach out on Kuzminskis. It's a great time to scout if you're, heck, Scott Layden. Brian Pauga, any number of scouts that work for the Wolves. Ray for Alston, go up and down the list of scouts. They have Drew Nicholas. They have a lot of guys. Andy Greer's brother, Larry Greer, is one of the Wolves scouts. They have a lot of scouts. It's a great time to be scouting with many teams in the same venue. You think about Duke, Michigan State being in the same venue this weekend. There's a bunch of good teams in Vegas together. So it's Portland. It's Vegas. Earlier in the week, the Maui Classic or the Maui Invitational whatever they call it. So it's always a good opportunity for these NBA execs to go to one location to see multiple teams, multiple players. I know in Portland with Duke, with Texas, you know, Jericho Sims, don't forget about Jericho Sims of Minneapolis. He's got NBA potential with that athleticism, maybe not this year, but in a couple years. But anyway, Texas has a big man. That's a top five pick. Duke's got a number of lottery picks. So it's a great location for these NBA execs to go just to see all these teams in one venue or the venues are right next door to each other, like in Portland. By the way, Scott Layden was in New York earlier this week watching Texas A&M. They have a forward by the name of Robert Williams that is a lottery pick. College Hoops is so much fun right now with all the Minnesota players. You think about the class of 2017, Taiwan Pickford of Northern Iowa. Now they lost to Villanova in the battle for Atlantis, Northern Iowa, making it all the way to the championship game. In one of the earlier games, either the quarterfinal victory for Northern Iowa or the semifinal victory, Pickford had 18 points and 18 rebounds. He played at Maple Grove. His teammate at Maple Grove, Brad Davison, off to a great start for the Wisconsin Badgers. McKinley Wright, Colorado, starting point guard. The Paradise Jam last weekend. He's the MVP, so McKinley right off to a great start. Theo John is getting run for Marquette. I thought he might redshirt, but hey, Theo John playing for Marquette. Not great stat line so far, but Theo John will develop. It takes longer for big men. I like Theo John's potential. Theo John and McKinley Wright were high school teammates last year at Champlain Park. Nate Reavers, Lakeville North, redshirting at Wisconsin. I mentioned Jericho Sims at Texas. You've got Race Thompson. He also is redshirting. He's at Indiana, plus Gary Trent Jr., right? I mean, Gary Trent Jr. is an NBA player. He played at Apple Valley until transferring to a prep school out west for his senior year, Gary Trent Jr., playing for Duke. That's just the 2017 class. You think about others like Reed Travis, J.P. Makura, Sakara Nam at Marquette. He played at De La Salle. You've got Zach Lofton at New Mexico State, was on the Gophers for a hot tick. Didn't really play in a game, but he's a really good scorer from Columbia Heights. Ish Elamin, I was talking to Khalid Elamin a couple weeks ago when he took the assistant coach's job at Minneapolis North. I was talking about his son. He said his son is off to a great start at Ball State, and I am leaving out a number of names, but there are so many Minnesota-based players or Minnesota natives starring on the college basketball scene right now. It is worth mentioning. I'll finish with the Vikings. Three wins in the last 11 days. Mike Zimmer talking on Friday. He still won't declare Case Keenum his full-time starter. Somebody with the Vikings suggested this, that Case Keenum is best when he's looking over his shoulder, that when he feels discomfort. You know, he looks over his shoulder, he sees Teddy Bridgewater. I think we all know that Mike Zimmer eventually would love to play Teddy Bridgewater, but at this point, the way Case Keenum is playing, the way he played on Thanksgiving against Detroit, we know Case Keenum is starting the next game a week from Sunday in Atlanta, but Mike Zimmer not quite ready to declare Case Keenum 
his starter for the rest of the year. But if he keeps playing like he has, he will be the starter for the rest of the year. Adam Thielen is getting closer and closer to 90 catches. When he gets to 90 catches, he has a $1 million escalator in his contract for 2018. Also, I should mention, Vikings players are off until Monday. They are available at 9.30 on Monday morning to us reporters, so many of them will fly back Sunday afternoon or Sunday night. Certainly not Monday morning, but guys escaped. Heck, Mackenzie Alexander, according to his Twitter page, is doing some charity work this weekend in Haiti. So he even went out of the country to Haiti. So players scattering all across the country after the Thanksgiving win over Detroit. Guys off until Monday morning. One late update, Nate Reavers of Lakeville North actually playing on Friday for Wisconsin. So the redshirt has been lifted. The initial idea was he would redshirt for Wisconsin, but that is not the case. Wisconsin needing him inside. They convinced him, hey, let's play. Why don't you play this year? So Nate Reavers of Lakeville North making his Wisconsin Badgers debut on Friday. Again, he is not redshirting this year, as was initially planned. That does it for Scoop Podcast Episode 111. Appreciate you listening. Had a bunch of notes, figured, hey, this was an easy way to empty out the notebook. I'm in the Hubbard building anyway here on a Friday doing Channel 5, 6 and 10 o'clock sports reports. I'll be in on Saturday as well if you somehow want to see my face made for podcasting for radio on the television. Channel 5, 5 Eyewitness News, that's the main job. But trust me, going back 20 years, I love the microphone when it comes to reporting, to informing, heck, to entertaining, anything that entails radio slash podcasting. Appreciate you listening. That does it for Scoop Podcast Episode 111.